Came here to say Who wanted from the jump? Came here to say Can't get exactly what you want Came here to say that You don't really want it with us Yeah We love you know We came here to say that You don't really want it with us Yeah Yeah The sports show She's learning. She's learning. I got it. Good job. Good job. So, Pete, you prematurely ejected yourself into this conversation, but welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Your Sports Show, episode one, two, three. I am your host, the Queen Tavia Regina, and I am joined by my cast of bandits. To my top, we have top right, or we have BK Matt. What's going on, y'all? What's going on, y'all? Okay, cut that short. And then to the bottom, in the center, we have the voice of the generation, the voice of a generation, Mr. Peter Antonio Juan Rivera Rosado. Yeah, and I and I'm and I'm never and I'm never freaking home. I'm never home. I'm always out in the streets for some reason. For Antonio Rosado, I'm done. I Listen, can't. I'm with it. I'm with it. I actually don't have that long of a Latino name. Peter. I would have loved Manuel. to have that one. Peter. Damn. Manuel. That's crazy. I, I have a student that actually has uh, six names, and we only have three of them on the attendance roster. I'm like, bruh. Well, yeah. Can't fit all of that on the, on the attendance sheet. Yeah, there was one, though. There was one student in my career. Her last name was so long that on the roster – her first name got shortened, but her first name was uh, four letters, and the first two were H-O, and those were the only letters you saw on the attendance roster. I was like, I know your name ain't this. I know your name is not this. Please help me. I hope me. you didn't say that to her, because she probably I didn't. I didn't. I was just like, I know your name isn't this, and she laughed, and she was like, no, and she told me her, her full first name, which is a lot nicer, a lot nicer. But her last name was that long that it shortened her first I know you took her last name as a, on as a challenge. You made sure that you had to learn it just so you could say it. So, like, you were the only teacher that knew how to say it, right? Um, Actually, I was the only teacher that had ever said Horrible. it right, and I, and I learned it in a week. Horrible. Learned it in a week. Horrible. I have so the most Caucasian this name ever. Matthew Miller? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that is yeah. I can yeah, that you is. Way. You can be white, you can be black, you can be whatever. So you know, at least you have one of those amendable names that you know when someone sees my resume, they know from my first name that I'm black. Even though, <laughs> even though to be fair, there's another woman with my same exact name who lives in Texas and she is white. I've known people, white people, with your name, but they don't call you. They don't call them Tavia. They call them Tavia. I don't. I hate Tavia. Like it's not. And if I correct you and you still say Tavia, like I'm ready to go. Crazy. I, I don't, yeah, I don't and the that. worst part about it is, I could imagine. I could imagine Tay that throughout your career, like you've had to deal with that, like that latent discrimination of like, oh, this oh, is yeah. a black name, so we treat it. We automatically treat it differently. The only discrimination I have with my name is one or two T's. There were times where I've had to change my name on resumes. Yikes. How do you even do that? You see, at the top of a resume, you go, you take that part down, and you put the name, I put Regina Hartley instead of Tavia, and I got more callbacks. 
it's sad. Like, they, it's, the, it's the real truth between job interviews, apartments, like the way that people discriminate against certain name types. Um, I think there was actually a study done by somebody where they just like called uh, different, they called for an apartment using different accents. And the, the um, certain accents would turn down just immediately, but then they would call five minutes later with a different accent that would be like, oh, yeah, this is still available. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous. It makes a lot of more sense than why my name is on a lot of shit. It's crazy. So, as you can see, it's three of us today. Dre, our former <clears throat> host, he's on assignment. We don't know you. That's the Bronx for you. As for now, I'm taking over. This is my show. So, Lord, let's get into it. So we're going to start today off with... So our first topic of the day is KD. I know that Matt feels really um, passionate about this. But KD made some interesting comments throughout this week about his team, about his play, about basically like how he's viewed as opposed to how he wants to be viewed. And um, let's kind of get into that. Um, KD, was was it an interview, Matt? Yeah, it was on Bleach Report. It was, it was like yeah. a press conference. It was a press conference. And some of the highlight, uh, some of the highlight text of, from this is um, it wasn't at all difficult to request a trade because it was all about ball, Durant told uh, Bleach Report. Uh, he don't like. He didn't like how they were preparing. He didn't like how they were practicing. He felt like he needed more. He felt like other teammates weren't being held accountable, and um, he didn't like that. So he, at the, I guess, when he requested his trade during the off season, you know, he was kind of giving insight as to why. Um, this is not the only. These were not the only comments that KD made this week. Um, there was another, I think, snippet that said, well, you have me, this person, this person, this person on the starter lineup, you know, why are you surprised our our, um, our record is the way it is? So, um, Matt, mm-hmm. you felt really passionately about um, what KD was saying in his favor. I kind of want to hear what you were thinking about that. Um, how I feel about the situation is, again, when it you know what? I think I'm going to jump in here and be like, look, KD, KD, KD. Um, while I get what he's saying, and I agree that more people should be taking accountability for not playing well on the court and not, you know, and for the distractions off the court, not saying any names, but he has to take accountability too. Throughout his career, people have always labeled him as the guy who didn't want to be the guy. You know, in Oklahoma City, he had him and Russ and Harden. You know, at Golden State Warriors, in the Golden State Warriors, it was always going to be um, Steph's team. And then now the Brooklyn Nets franchise was his chance to kind of show that he can be that leader. He can be the guy who takes the most accountability. And when the heat got tough, he requested a trade. Now I'll take it over to Matt. Um, Yeah. I don't know what, what what am I supposed to say right now, but as far as the the what the comments that he made, 
again, it goes along with what I've been saying as far as with certain people in the media narratives. I don't agree. I don't think anything he said was false. Because, again, I've said about the Steve Nash coaching job, you have a coach now who doesn't, who has no experience as a coach, now running a team that is supposed to be one of the favorites to be, you know, the contenders for the championship. And then you have, like, two stars who are already champions, where Steve Nash has never won a championship. So there's that. And then there's the 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 comments where he listed the, the members on his team. And he says, you know, you like you expect us to be like contenders just because I'm on the team. Like you're putting these guys in a position or in a predicament to to to, to pretty much fail because you just say, Oh, I'm on this team, so they're automatically gonna win. It doesn't work like that. These these guys, they're learning in a sense. That's practically what he was saying, but the fact that he listed people's names. Everybody took that and ran with it and made it seem like, oh, he's calling them out and making it seem like they're trash. It's not what he's saying. But, of course, it's the media, and they're going to spin it how they want to spin it. So he's basically saying, like, I requested the trade because, again, we're not being prepared properly. You don't, you're not leading the team where you need it to be as far as contending, as far as, like, practices. Like, we're just shooting around. We're not running over. We're not going over plays. We're not, we're not preparing ourselves – for better situations to where we're able to win. I want to, I want to run more closeout drills. I want to do more. I want to do more. I want to be held more accountable. Like if you got to yell at me just to get everybody else's attention, then do that. Like you, you just, you're just too nice to the situation. And, he's, and he felt like the only person that was on the same side with him, as far as that was Javon at the time. So that's why he demanded the trade. And he said it was strictly about ball. It wasn't nothing like, Oh, I'm being held accountable for everything and I'm not being blamed for anything. It's just a matter of what are we doing to get better? If we're not doing anything to get better, then why am I here? Matt, I want to ask you a question, Matt. What's your favorite line on this show? Your favorite line on this show is what? Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story, right? Yeah. That's what the media does. I'm well aware of it. That's all the media does. The media's job is to tell the story. And at the end of the day, okay, if the Brooklyn Nets uh, were 25 and 1, KD would be sitting out here talking about how and people got to respect these guys more and people got to understand how hard they work and how hard they ball, right? At the end of the day, they're all NBA caliber players. They are all NBA caliber players or else they would not be in the NBA. Okay, and anybody who listens to this show and anybody who knows anything about the amount of people that make it to the top league of all time are the the, the 1% of the 1% of the 1%. So all of these guys can ball. Now, in terms of what they look for KD to do, I don't need you talking about nobody's off-the-court life unless it affects what's happening on the court. At the end of the day, while, while KD's teammates issues were personal and we're all going to sit here and agree with that they affected heavily the ability to perform on the court they affected that team's abilities on the court to the point where they had to go and they had to go and trade for ben simmons they traded for ben simmons simply not only to get rid of james harden but in order to compensate for the situations of uh, of, of Kyrie irving 100%. at the end of the day KD needs to be exactly what everyone needs him to be. 
He needs to be a top five player in the league. He needs to be the the leader of that team. And and by the way, speaking about Steve Nash, Matt, right? Didn't the Nets have a coach that ran them hard and made them practice and pushed them in Kenny Atkinson? And it was the and it was the directive of Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving that we didn't want that man to be the coach. And neither one of them has ever come out and neither one of them have ever come out and denied that they requested or they put the stamp on Steve Nash. That's been the story that has been perpetuated, that they put the stamp on Steve Nash. They wanted Steve Nash. But now KD wants but now KD wants to say, well, we weren't getting prepared the right we weren't this, we weren't that. Okay. But that was who you chose. So now you've got to take the slings and the arrows that come with that. You have to take the blowback. If I recommend somebody for a job and they don't do the job and they are absolutely incompetent at doing the job, I got to deal with the blowback of that. That's what happens. That's how the world works. And Kevin Durant, I don't care how good of a basketball player you are, you are not immune to criticism you are not he shouldn't be he shouldn't be he shouldn't be i think at the end of the day you know we the media and i guess league experts put that stigma on him that he you know he needs to have you know a ring apart from Steph to validate his legacy as one of the greatest but i feel as if when you are playing at the level that KD plays, when you are that level of superstar that KD is, you know, you have to kind of expect that some of the leadership titles, especially you being such a veteran in the league, will be tacked onto your name, whether you like it or not. Because he's talking like someone who doesn't want to be considered a team leader, but he's making moves behind the scenes requesting for Steve Nash in this to say that he wants that but doesn't want the accountability that comes with it. He wants the power, but he doesn't want to be the leader. That's the thing. He wants the power. He wants to make decisions, but he doesn't want to lead. So you want to do without having to do the job. You want the perks of the job without having to do the job. Of listen, course. Yeah, in of Miami, course. that's listen, that's why Miami has guys like Udonis Haslam. Because Udonis Haslam could smack the young players across the head and keep them in check. And if something were to happen, you ain't nobody gonna step, say nothing to Udonis Haslam. If Jimmy Bucket the issue in Miami, Udonis Haslam will look at him. Because that is Udonis Haslam's role. You play three minutes a year, and you are the Besides Eric Spolster, you are the team coach. You handle the internal stuff. Okay, the That's Nets right. don't have that. The Nets don't have that. KD was supposed to be that. KD, you went and you led the Oklahoma City Thunder. <laughs> you did that. You went and you won a championship in in Golden State, and you play with some of the best players of all time, and you are considered to be one of the best. But I'm going to tell you right now, they don't want that on that team because that rugged veteran is going to keep his foot 
of Kyrie's ass, of Ben Simmons' ass, and of Durant's ass. That's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Um, I don't think uh, Matt has anything to say on this again, but I feel like we closed this. Um, we're gonna close this topic out. This uh, topic of KD out. I feel like it's a gift and a curse to be one of the best players in the league, and when you see guys who are in charge of their team via the media, you know, you have the Stephs, you have the Giannis's, you have the the LeBrons and the people who are expected to be the number one, you know, that does not come without accountability. And when you have someone who's saying, well, look, you know, I can't tell a grown man what to do. True. You know, I can't tell, you know, these people to do this and do that. But when it comes to running drills, when it comes to doing shoot arounds, when it comes to doing different things like that, you are of a position and of a respect in this league and hopefully with the team that you could say, hey, I don't like how we're shooting around. You know what? Let's stay an extra 20 minutes, an extra 30 minutes to do it this way, do it my way. That's how you build that reputation of being a leader. Moving on, and Pete, I know this is something that you are very passionate about. Um, there's a battle uh, for Aaron Judge, our latest American League MVP, much deservedly so. Um, the MLB wants to investigate both the Mets and the Yankees looking for collusion. Um, what do you think about that? Because this is something I really don't know much about. All I know is that the Houston Naturals used to do some dirty shit a couple seasons ago. But you see, I know I know the basics of baseball. You know, I'm a huge Yankees fan. Shout out to Aaron Judge. But when they say that the league is looking into possible collusion and between the Mets and the Yankees and interference, like can you kind of give me a little bit of a rundown on that? Yeah, I'll do my best with my with my shitty reception. Um the, the, the long and short of it is apparently there was a comment, I think, earlier in the season or it might have even been in the offseason where there was a question, I think, asked to Hal Steinbrenner, the owner of the New York Yankees, about, you know, his relationship with Steve Cohen on the New York Mets and you know, the fact that they would both be considered to be the number one. Uh, Aaron Judge would be obviously both their number one target. And, I, you know, Hal Steinbrenner said something as a joke that, you know, we're not going to we're not going to engage in a bidding war with each other. You know, we're not going to engage in a bidding war with the, with each other. Um, and all of a sudden, you now have a lot of now that Aaron Judge is actually a free agent and the Yankees did not resign him uh, when they earlier in the season. Now you've got the Major League Baseball now. 360-something days later, wants to investigate emails and texts sent between Steve Cohen and Hal Steinbrenner because they don't want to create – they don't. They want to make sure that they aren't creating an unfair balance that they're not going to compete against each other. So basically, it's just like, oh, yeah, if, if the Yankees offer $400 million, we're not going to offer $420 million. Like, first of all, why do you care? Like, we all know that the only teams that are going to be able to afford a player like Aaron Judge are the New York Yankees, the New York Mets, the L.A. Dodgers, 
um, likely uh, the San Francisco Giants, but the big market teams are the only ones that are going to be able to afford Aaron Judge anyway. And the Yankees and the Mets want to blow each other's checkbooks out of the water and want to have a, a, a you-know-what measuring contest to see who's got the most money. Hey, be my guest. I don't care. Right now, his uh, the biggest suitors for Aaron Judge are either going to be the West Coast teams in L.A. or San Francisco, his hometown team, or the Yankees and the Mets. Again, you may see a couple of teams come out of uh, try to open up their pocketbooks, but I don't think the, the normal dark horse teams have that money right now. Um, so I, he's going to end up one of those. He's either going to LA end up in California or New York. Uh, and I, I think the Yankees are going to give everything they can to get. So uh, I don't, with the Aaron judge thing, I feel like he was really disrespected by the Yankees last season and then had kind of a show improved season this year. So it's like, Oh, you didn't want to pay me. Oh, you wanted to play me. Oh, okay. I'll show you my worth. I do ultimately feel that Aaron judge stays a Yankee. I like Pete was trying to say, I don't see him going to a smaller market team unless it's like, well, I, I can't even consider the, the, um, Mets. I can't even yeah. consider, huh? I don't, do you consider the Mets a small market team? It's still New York. I mean, granted, it's Queens, right. but right. But like, I don't consider, no, the Mets are not a small market team, but the Mets, the Mets are not the Yankees, though. So. Yeah, that's a fact. They got the money to play. Yeah, but they do got the money to play. So I do feel like if he's not, I, I do, I don't see Aaron Judge going to the Mets. I don't see him going to, you know, the San Francisco Giants. I see him staying with the the, the pinstripes. I mean, even if they lose Aaron Judge, I feel like what they really lack is a pitcher. Oh, I feel like that would be more. I mean, granted, yeah, entertainment is entertainment. You want to put butts in the seats. But the Yankee following is very strong as is. They'll pop out even if they do suck, which is very rare. And like I said, even if they lose Aaron Judge, I don't really feel like they're a bad team. I don't feel like they're still, you know, the 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 leaders of that, you know, that conference. That's still the Astros, but that's neither here nor there. Like I feel like in order for them to be competitive, like let's be let's be 100 percent you know, real to the fact. I feel like the reason why the Astros beat them. Is because they lack pitching. Houston yeah. had a better pitching core than, than than the Yankees do, and honestly, I don't really feel like the Yankees has had a great pitching core since what? Maybe '09, which was the last time they were in the World Series. So I mean, that's really their their issue. They like Pete always said this thing where like they don't they lack the fundamentals in basketball in baseball where they started out the season and they were playing great because they were doing the fundamentals. They were doing. They were doing the, the necessary things to win. They weren't relying just on home runs. And then as, you know, the season progressed, they started relying on home runs. And that became the that became the narrative of the whole se- of the whole season. What's Aaron, is Aaron Judge going to hit this record? Is is the Yankees going is he going to carry the Yankees to this to the World Series which we all kind of knew that wasn't going to happen regardless, but we you know we held on to hope because, you know, it's the Yankees and miracles do happen and that's the only miracle that really happens in the Bronx. Doesn't either here nor there. Um, besides Jackie Chan. But you know, that was a real that was a dope movie. That was a really good movie. I, th- I think people really fall off on that movie. It was a good Rumble in the Bronx wasn't a bad movie. I'm just, it's neither here nor there. But I don't know. Aaron Judge, I, I really feel like, yeah, if you're gonna sign him and give him his money, cool. But 
does that really make y'all competitive going into the new year, the new season, without a a, a a better pitching core? Not really. So I really feel like if we're gonna if we're gonna spend money on things that we should really prioritize what's the most important and the real big weakness on the Yankees on the Yankees team, and that's that's strictly the pitching right now. So my, you know, I heard kind of what Tay said right before I had to jump off. Um, <clears throat> I don't think they disrespected Aaron Judge when you look at the, the the contract that they offered him. It was a fair assessment of value um, at the time, considering his injury history and everything that he had accomplished up to that point. He was still getting uh, thirty million plus a season. Um, I don't think anyone expected. Listen, this is the season that he had this year was the season that we all expected Aaron Judge to be able to have on any given season, but he had never been able to have because he'd always been injured. So at the end of the day, Aaron just bet on himself and, and boy, did he win. But I think that when we end up along with it, he's going to end up with a contract. It's probably about $35 million a year for seven, eight years. The question is going to be whether or not he can do this again, because Aaron judge, whenever he's had a good season has always been followed by injury. And I don't want to wish injury on him, but, this is not a season that we expected out of Aaron Judge because he's just always been injured. I mean, like I said, he can, he can if you give him his money, go ahead, give him his money. He just well on deserved that. But home runs and slugging is not. It's, I don't feel like that should be the priority. You lack pitching. That should be what you really need to be focusing on. We like they lost to the Astros because the Astros had a better pitching core. Well, the Astros are just a generally a better team. Yeah, but we know what makes them such a great team is their pitching core. Yeah, and I feel like um, not everybody performed consistently. Like, that's my problem with certain teams. Like, you know, when it was playoff times, they were really erratic. Even the Yankees yeah. in that second series. Um, they got eliminated because they were not sticking to the fundamentals, like you said. And people didn't show up when they needed to show up. And like you said, it became less about home runs and more about, hey, we need to kind of catch up here. So um, our next topic is, drumroll please. By the way, Tay, before you move on to the next topic, I do apologize. Matt, I 100% agree with you, by the way. I 100% agree. Their money needs to be spent on pitching. Uh, But unfortunately, unfortunately, pitching wins championships. Pitching does not win the fans. They want to see the home runs. They want to see this. They want to see that. So the Yankees could go out and spend money and get the best pitching staff in the world and win a World Series this year. And unless they win a World Series, if they let Aaron Judge go, people will rip them to shreds for not signing Aaron Judge. That's the thing. If they let Aaron Judge go, even if they get the best pitchers in baseball, if they don't win the World Series, even with the best pitching squad, even if they make the World Series and lose in a game seven, people will rip them to shreds for getting rid of Aaron Judge. But I want to I want Aaron Judge was the difference. But I'm gonna ask you this one question and then and, and tell you, you can move on from, from the topic after this question. But I move on when I feel like moving on. I, I'm just saying, like, I'm, I'm a, like, yeah. so in all honesty, do you think putting putting runs on the board? Is the biggest problem that the Yankees have? Do you feel like if they was to lose Aaron Judge, they're gonna they're gonna have problems putting runs on the on the on the scoreboard on the scoreboard? I, Do you think they're yes, gonna really have that problem? Yes, and here's why. 
because the Yankees don't play station to station baseball. They don't play fundamental baseball. The Yankees have built their team around the home run and the big hits. Uh, but they started the out the Yankees, season playing the fundamentals. Right. That's the thing. What made the Yankees successful this season was in the beginning of the year, they were playing really good fundamental baseball. Was Aaron Judge was hitting his home runs, but you had guys who were getting doubles, getting singles, stealing bases, doing all these things that you didn't see the Yankees do for a very, very long time. And they were punctuated by, oh, wait, Giancarlo Stanton's actually healthy a little bit. And he he's hitting home runs again. And, oh, Aaron Judge is hitting all these home runs. That's great. Remember, Aaron Judge struggled in April. He really did not get off to a fast start. Um, and so the thing is, the Yankees lose Aaron Judge. They lose one of their major weapons. And DJ LeMayhew was, you know, had a very bad year last year. We can't, you cannot count on Giancarlo Stanton to constantly, you know, be able to to do to take Aaron Judge's uh, role. Who are you playing in right field if you lose Aaron Judge? So, all right. So, um, Bruce Arians made some really interesting comments about Tom Brady. Um. I guess he was saying that he wasn't playing so well and et cetera, et cetera. So, um, Matt, what do you think about Bruce Arians' comments? I'm sorry. Uh, I, got I, feel like, I feel like, honestly, if you're not coach, they're, they're only relying on what he has to say because he was the coach. That's his coach. That was his coaching staff that pretty much took over after he left. I don't care what Bruce Arians got to say. They're not coaching no more. I don't even really care about anything with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at this point. I really feel like they're going to squeeze themselves into the playoffs and lose in the first round. But then again, if you got Tom Brady, you have a chance. At least that's the narrative of what everybody else says. I don't truly believe that. I'm the case tired of you keep saying the narrative. Because it's the truth. It's not, it's not the facts. It's not the facts. Tom Brady this season, do you really feel like, oh, just because he's, he's still Tom Brady, he stands a chance to win the Super Bowl with the way that they've been playing this year? Not necessarily what Tom Brady's been doing, but the team as a whole. You think that they really are going to make more noise in the playoffs? No. All right, Hell then. No. But, 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 but just but because he's Tom Brady, you guys keep saying, and I and I hate that people keep saying it. The, the narrative, the narrative. Nobody, yeah. trust me, nobody is expecting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to win a damn Super Bowl this year. They're no, not I even in that anymore. I hear you, but Tavi, you, you you can't tell me you don't you haven't heard. Well, it is Tom Brady, so I don't never count out Tom Brady. Like of he course, can throw his, the ball and catch it at the same time. And his seven rings kind of show that you really can't count out Tom Brady, which is the truth. It's not a narrative. But that's why that's why I like what Bruce Arians said. That's what I like with Mary, because Bruce Arians basically said that everybody's putting the blame on everybody else but Tom Brady. And that you gotta be able to criticize a guy like Tom Brady. Because he, he said it, he's like, oh, Byron Leftwich gets all the negativity as the offensive coordinator. Oh, it's his fault. Todd Bowles is going to get all of the negativity because all oh, that's the head coach is Todd Bowles' fault. You know, it's going to be the offensive line. It's going to be they don't have a good team. But they when – no, they don't. But, the, but again, don't. at what point does Todd – we said this with KD. At what point – I don't care who you are, at what point can we say Tom Brady didn't play well? 
Tom Brady doesn't look good. Tom Brady does not look like he should be on a football field right now. At what point do we start giving blame to I wouldn't Tom say Brady? He doesn't look like he needs to be not be on the football field. I, listen, if I knew I was coming back to that team, first of all, Brady had to know there was no way he was going to be successful. Now, again, we don't know what was going on at home and what drove him to make this decision to come back. But at the end of the day, Tom Brady, okay, does not need to be on this football field right now. I kind of disagree reason. with you. I kind of disagree with you. Um, let's be clear. I don't think that the team is 100% trash. In the beginning of the season, that defense has kept them in a lot of games. That's one. And Tom Brady, like you're right, Tom Brady was not being his normal self in the beginning of this of, of the season. So, yes, all credit, all, all blame should – not all blame, but there's some – some structure of blame that should go to Tom because his head wasn't in where it was supposed to be because he was going through what he was going through in his personal life. It's neither here nor there. How do we know that? But how do we, we don't know, know that? that? Again, we don't know that. Speculation. If any other, if any other quarterback was given four days off from their team in the middle of a season Aaron to not Rodgers. come to practice, any mm-hmm. other, if any other quarterback was afforded or had to deal with what Tom Brady was dealing with over the course of the, the beginning of this season. The media and analysts would have ripped them to shred and be like, well, you got to deal with personal stuff outside of the season. You can't let it affect the team. You're losing because you're letting, you know. But Brady got a pass because he's Brady. Aaron ain't getting a lot of passes. He ain't getting no passes. None. That's what I'm saying. He missed missed summer camp and went and got high in the the mountains. And they they talked trash about it for like a week and a half. Barely. Barely, though. But Brady, nobody said nothing. The, the, no, the Brady's, the Rogers of the league, they are often exempt from getting the smoke. Where you have Russell Wilson, to me, who's performing on the same level as these guys, he got all the smoke that Brady and Rogers didn't get. After like seven, after like two seasons it's of not, playing. Okay. But barely, but barely though, because I, but the thing is, Tom Brady, Aaron Rodgers, I feel like both of them, more Brady than ever, than ever. I feel like the fact that he's still playing at this level, people are kind of relying on that more than productivity. And like you said at the beginning of your rant, they're, they're going to find a way to sneak into the playoffs. And once you sneak into the playoffs, there's legit any given Sunday, any team could have it hot. You know, if they play the Vikings. Yeah, know, but if it was if it was Tay, hey, if it was any other quarterback, if it was any uh, other quarterback leading that specific team with as bad as the Tampa Bay Bucks have looked this year. I mean, like okay, David no, no analyst would sit here and say, Oh, well, I think they actually have a shot. But because it is Tom Brady and his resume, there mm-hmm. will be analysts and there will be media personalities out here, like Matt said who will sit there and say, even if they're going up against the Vikings, well, you know, yeah, the Vikings are definitely the better team, and it's going to take a miracle for the Tampa Bay Bucks to pull it out, but I can't count out Tom Brady, and because of but Tom Brady, I'd pick the Bucks oh, to win. He can't throw and catch the ball never, and, and would, play defense. I would never go that far to say I would pick the Bucks to win, but you really can't People count will. out like, People really are. They're going to really kick the Buccaneers. They're going to like, oh, he's going to win the championship. Why? Because he has to. 
because of his divorce that ended because he went he went to play in the NFL when he promised to retire. Know, to be, to be fair, let me tell you something. What I don't like about what people are speculating is that we don't know why their marriage ended. It exactly. feels like their marriage has ended for a long time. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And the thing is, if he has to, if he is now, what he's doing with his career, I feel like is irrespective of what's going on in his marriage. You get what I'm saying? I feel as if right now, everyone needs to be held accountable. There has been games that he was not true to form. He evaded the game. I've only seen one game, and that was that game overseas. This whole season, I've only seen one game with Tom Brady look like Tom Brady. I mean, there's been some sloppy plays from his receiving core, some sloppy plays, especially in the offense. The defense seems to be keeping their season alive, as usual. That's what won them that Super Bowl. And this is where that eternal argument over Belichick and Brady is always going to have steam because people are going to point to seasons like this and say, well, he didn't have any – there were times when he didn't have any talent in New England and there were times when he didn't have any real real names in New England and they were still able to win, Mm. you know, so, oh – Tom Brady wasn't 40 years old with that New England team. So That's I, I what I'm saying. No, 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 no. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. No, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm not saying you're wrong. What I'm saying is, is this is what people will point to. That's why that argument will never die, because people will completely invalidate the fact that he's 40-something years old playing on a team that has nobody versus 20-something years old playing on a team that's got nobody. Well, they could go both ways because Bill Belichick ain't really hitting for nothing right now either. The Jets have a – and it's not to get at the Jets, but the Jets and the Dolphins are practically running that division right now. Can can we can we use that and, and, and can we can we can we put hold that accountable? Bill Belichick doesn't run the AFC like that no more. That needs to be that like nobody. Bill Belichick has no that's no stance over. in that argument at all at all. That's over. It's it's that, a wrap. The, the, the moment the moment. Let me tell you something. The moment where. Has the Patriots made the Super Bowl, not the Super Bowl, the playoffs since Brady left? Once. I think Mac Jones' his first year. Yeah, they win it once and lost in the first round. Yeah, that's it. They got smacked. In the wild card round, right? They got punched yeah, in that, yeah. in that, in that okay. game. Okay. It was like 40, 43 to like 13 or 7 or some shit. Like, or I forgot what Brady, it was. Once Brady's Buccaneers won that Super Bowl, Belichick, Brady – comparisons have had to rest in peace. And at the end of the day, too, like Matt was saying, and I really agree with this, like we are in a, a stratosphere right now. Like when I always say it about like Le, like LeBron's and Aaron Rodgers and freaking Tom Brady's and Russell Wilson and even now Kevin Durant. There is a such thing as father time. You get what I'm saying? The fact that He's still able to play at this top level, being the oldest player in the damn league, shows his prowess as a player. Listen, Father Time is undefeated, though, Tay. You know this. Got Aaron Rodgers now, too. I got I to gotta admit that you're right. He even got Aaron Rodgers. This dude is overthrowing and And I see that. And I saw that game, and I was just like, no. Yes. It's at the it's, point where I feel like bad. Jordan Love might need to might need to play. They might need to sit Aaron Rodgers down and trade him now. Tom Brady is twenty five years old. He is five years from fifty. Okay, 
And he's still better than half of the other quarterbacks in the league. I, uh, huh, huh. I don't know about that. Better than half. I don't know. I'd probably, I, I mean, I'd, I'd probably say, Tay, that I probably would rank him right in the middle, but I don't know if I'd rank him in the top 15. Who? Brady, right no. now. Top, he'll be in the top year. 10, but he'll be at the lower pop, lower part. Nah, of the I don't think he's even in the top 10. I don't think he's in the top 10 this season. No, not I'm, this he's season. not. All right, and here's, what, here's, the, here's the issue that I'm having, Wait right? Wait a minute. Oh, well, who oh, would oh, you oh. put in a top 10 this season, though? This season, I'd put Josh Allen. Right now, based on Who this season, looking, Josh Allen he hasn't been looking good the last four games. No, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, yeah. Patrick Mahomes, two, two, a tongue of Iloa. Two is number one right now. Um, two, two, Patrick, um, Josh Allen, Kirk Cousins. Cousins two, has looked great this uh, year. It is fucking amazing. I can't even believe we're fucking saying this right now. Kirk Cousins is looking like a top five what? fucking quarterback right now. It is fucking amazing. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God. We're getting into the What? I didn't hear what he said. What did he say? I didn't hear what he said. I said uh, Justin I, Herbert. Yeah. Um, Jalen Hurts has to, Jalen Hurts has to be in that top ten discussion. Just just Jalen Hurts is top five. Right now, yeah. So, I mean, I made you at least better than Brady right now. We give us, we give us ten. You gave us four. You gave us four. Hold on, no, 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 no. Hold on. Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, two, 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 That's three. Three. Jalen Hurts is four. Hurts four. And Justin Herbert. That's five. Justin Herbert is five. Kirk Cousins is six. Um, I would put right now Gino based on the Smith. way based. Geno Smith has been a top ten quarterback on. this season. Come on. For the season, yes. He has been. For the season, this yes, season yes. he has been. Yes, yes. I give you that. Um you could even make the argument that um I'm trying to think of what his freaking name is. I'm forgetting his name off the top of my head. Lamar Jackson has it would Definitely. probably be the bottom of the top ten. Yeah. But yes, he'd be a top ten quarterback this season with what yeah. he's done with Baltimore. Um, there's a there's a quarterback, Baltimore I'm trying to remember his name. He's on a losing team right now. Um he's on a losing team, but I'm trying to remember oh, I would put no lie about it. And if you look at the stats they supported, Trevor Lawrence is up there this year. If you look at the stats. Look at the stats. You gotta relax, Pete. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta relax. I'm, I'm very. I'm, I listen. I'm telling the truth. Okay. I'm relax. telling the truth. So you mean to tell me? You gotta relax. And I would actually write five okay. more. If you added five more names to that list, yes. Meaning stop. the top fifteen. That time. That time Brady's not on that top fifteen. You gotta relax. <laughs> because for me, I can't. I can't put. You know, there's people like. Josh Allen. I put was Daniel Jones ahead, ahead of him right now. I wouldn't even put Daniel Jones ahead of him right now. I would. He's the average I quarterback. Would. I've been to that. You know what, Dre? Aaron Rodgers is not on. Okay, you see, these these are legacy votes right now. These are legacy votes right now. 
Because Aaron Rodgers be- playing the same. Aaron Rodgers has been playing just as bad as Tom Brady. So if Tom Brady's up there at the top ten. Aaron Rodgers need to be in the top ten. Aaron Rodgers is not there. Aaron Rodgers looks worse than Tom Brady. Not necessarily. Tom Brady to has more weapons. That's always the excuse for Packer fans. But I'm gonna you damn I'm gonna Skippy gonna peanut talk. butter and jelly. We're yep. We're not gonna have this whole. We're not gonna have this whole fifteen minute debate on the Packers. But I would put where I still can see the Buccaneers making the playoffs. I cannot see the Packers making the playoffs. Oh, the Packers is done. They lost. They lost Thursday. It's over. That's, that's yeah, it's over. They the lost. The so they're it's not over. even in the conversation. You get what I'm saying? So if I, ten, if I had a top ten, it'll be well. Patrick Mahomes, Jalen Hurts. Josh Allen, Tua. <coughs> I'm not putting no it. Sam Darnold in the top ten. You gotta relax. Tua. Even though he has been playing decent this year. I said Josh Allen, right? Yeah, you did. Okay. I will still give Kirk Cousins his due because the Vikings look almost indestructible. But to be fair, towards the end of the season, they always get to this point. Where they start to look trash. You mean Kirk Cousins, not necessarily the, the Vikings. The entire team. Yeah. The entire team. I've been saying this for Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow has, in terms of quarterback play, Joe Burrow has thrown 18, 18 uh, touchdowns to only six interceptions this year and almost at 2,500 yards. You have to put Burrow up there as well. Yeah, but the Bengals look pathetic. The Bengals look pathetic, but it isn't based on his. I don't think we could base that solely on his play. And that's the thing. I think, you know, listen, Tom, just straight up because I'm looking at, I was looking at the stats just now. Tom Brady is number two in the league in passing yards right now because he's had to throw the ball 50 times a freaking game. But that's yeah, let's stop doing looks that. absolutely terrible. If he's, leading in passing, but if he's leading in passing yards, he's leading in something. What is Aaron Rodgers leading in? Can you ask me? Can you answer that for me? Probably interceptions now. Aaron Rodgers is actually uh, t- uh, 2,500, yards this season, fourth in, fourth in the uh, in the league. He has thrown 19 touchdowns to seven interceptions, and averaging 6.8 yards per per attempt. The only difference this year from any other season is he's throwing interceptions now, whereas uh, this is the most interceptions he had in the season, and he's had. Within the last two seasons, last two. Rogers is last third in touchdowns. Yeah. Rogers is third in touchdowns with nineteen. Brady is fourteenth in touchdowns. Brady has only thrown twelve touchdowns to two interceptions, but Brady has thrown almost three thousand yards already. He is second in the league at twenty eight hundred and five yards so far this season. But it's only thrown 12 touchdowns or two interceptions. But my point, my overall point is you still have to put these guys in the upper echelon of quarterbacks based on their pedigrees. You get what I'm saying? Because I still haven't seen, you know, look at Jimmy Garoppolo is doing a great job in San Francisco. No one ever talks about him at all. He should be in the top 10, right? No one ever talks about him. He hasn't started enough. He hasn't started enough. In fact, if if you think about it, if you think about it, what's terrible 
is based on the statistics right now, Jared Goff, as terrible as the Detroit Lions are, is actually up there. Lamar Jackson actually hasn't even broken 2,000 yards passing yet uh, this season. He runs. Right. Uh, Him and Jalen Hurts probably lead in Russia. Him, Jalen Hurts, and Josh Allen. Trevor Lawrence, 2,300 yards, uh, 13 touchdowns to only six interceptions. You know, Geno Smith, 17 touchdowns to four interceptions um, this season. Garoppolo, 11 11 touchdowns to four interceptions. Uh, But Garoppolo's also only played uh, eight games. Tavia probably sick with Pete Carroll looking like Bill Belichick right now with that decision. No. I'm just saying. Because who the hell expected Geno Smith to be doing this goddamn good right now? I did, I did not have that on my bingo card. I'm sorry. And I, I know I should be playing him because he used to be a Jet, but damn. Like, shit. Geno Smith has the second highest position. Second highest position. 73% passes. Better than Chutunga Bailoa, Joe Burrow, and Matt Ryan. And Matthew Stafford, that's the rest of the top five. The number one player this year, I wouldn't even um, count because it was a replacement guy. Well, it's a guy who's only thrown six passes. Brian Hoyer has completed five of his six passes. So if you really look at Geno Smith is number one in the league in completion percentage. 72% his passes. I bet you Cooper Rush is up there too. So we ain't even missed that. Uh, no, actually – we didn't even mention Dak Prescott. Uh, it's, uh, the top top five starting quarterbacks for completion percentage. Uh, Geno Smith, Tua Tungavailoa, 71%. Joe Burrow, 70%. Matt Ryan, 69%. And Matthew Stafford, 68%. In fact, Matthew Stafford is 68.4% with Jalen Hurts at 67.9%. Probably, to answer Shaq's question. All right, let me read the chat question. You want to answer it? Read it. Let me ask you something. If Daniel Jones had the Jets receiving core to throw to, would the Giants be undefeated? Not undefeated, but they'll be in a better winning stance than they are right now. What do you mean? If I gave Garrett Wilson to Daniel Jones, that'd be be the greatest receiver he's had. But yeah, what do you mean better winning stance? I feel like they'll probably be – well, they're not necessarily – they're not in a bad winning stance, but I feel like they'll be – They only lost two games? Huh? They only lost two games. I know, but I feel like they would probably Question. be – I can't hear nothing. Pete, you got you to gotta, you gotta go to a McDonald's or something where there's Wi-Fi in the Bronx. Are we something. better now? Uh, are we keeping Saquon Barkley on Giants? If you're yeah, giving, if you're giving Garrett Wilson, yeah, if you're giving Garrett Wilson today, and you're keeping Saquon Barkley on the Giants, the Giants are undefeated this year. I say that straight out. If you give Daniel Jones just Garrett Wilson, number one wide receiver on the Jets, and you keep Saquon Barkley, the Giants are. But can we, like, not ignore, can we not ignore the fact that the Giants only lost to the Seahawks because of two irresponsible fumbles at the wrong possible time? 
I give you that. That's why he said underneath. No one expected the Giants and the Jets to be as good as they are. No one. They listen to the Seahawks and the Eagles. I feel like they would have beat the Eagles. Who, the Giants? Yeah. I thought they They lost to the Cowboys. Hold on. Let's check. It was Cowboys Seahawks. Yeah, because yeah, because the Eagles they have they have to play the Eagles oh, yeah. twice. Yeah, it was Cowboys Seahawks. But at the end of the day, I don't I don't feel that I don't feel the Giants would have been undefeated. They still would have lost that that Cowboys game. They just were not on it that Cowboys game at all, Shaq. But um, that Seahawks um game was complete carelessness. Hold on. Listen, the, I think the Giants. Have first of all, they're both gonna have winning seasons, and I think both of them are gonna play off the playoff conversation this year. And I don't think anybody uh, oh, yeah. thought that was gonna be the case this year for either team. No, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Brian, maybe a Brian Dable is becoming a folk hero in New York amongst Giants. I'm bugging, I got them mixed up with the Cowboys. My bad, my own, yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely remember the Cowboys, and I remember the Seahawks was completely their fault. And I feel like with the with the Giants, I my thing is with the Eagles. This is something that we should be able to that we were going to kind of transition to next. But um, the Eagles lost um, their game on Sunday night against who did they play against? Um, the Commanders. The Washington Commanders. Um, and this begs, you know, a question like. Do you believe that this loss is a momentum killer for them, or if it's just a loss? It's a loss. It's just a loss. I mean, people that go undefeated, that they play with a different level of anxiety, where it's a more prone to happen, which had happened in that in that game. Because we all don't think the Commanders are a good to great team. We think that they're decent to mediocre at best. But honestly, like it happens. Like, you know, mistakes happen. And with, you know, Jalen Hurts being the quarterback that he is, which is not fun, but very, like, detail-oriented and and very film-watching heavy, I feel like he's going to take that and he's going to take that on the chin and he's going to, like, really pay attention to detail so these mistakes doesn't happen. So, I mean, you, you need that. You need to get that out the way in order to really maintain focus on what's the bigger goal which for Jalen Hurts is to win a Super Bowl or get to a Super Bowl. So it's not going to hurt them. I feel like it's just going to make them more stronger, more dangerous. They just picked up another player. So, I mean, shit. The Eagles going to be an issue. They're going to be a real big issue in, in the NFC. And their schedule is the, not the that hard. The NFC, yeah, the schedule is not that hard. And I think that they kind of caught a lucky break by having a, a really easy schedule. But um, the NFC has been way more competitive, especially the NFC East, than people mm-hmm. gave them credit for. Um, when you look, even look at the Commanders, the Commanders are the worst team in the NFC East right now, and they still are starting to look a lot better, barring all the internal issues going on. Yeah, but you know, even so, what, what are they, five and four? Mm, not too sure. Yeah, I think you know it's it's funny because I said this last week. No, they're five said, and five. Those, those NFC East games, those NFC East games are always 
always a competitive. Like we, yeah, have, competitive. we, yeah, we have seen we have seen some great NFC East teams go in and play. You know, terrible NFC East teams. We've seen games where you have one team in the NFC East that's like, you know, I like like the Eagles eight and zero, but then you have another team that's like two and six, and for some reason the two and six team finds a way to win. And you know, the NFC East has always been a toss up where those teams play each other. Um, I, you know, it, it's very hard for me to make a decision after this game with the Eagles. I think it's going to be a question on how the Eagles respond, right? So I'm very interested to see how the Eagles are going to do this Sunday. Because if they lose again this Sunday, or they don't look good this Sunday, then I think we could legitimately say that the Washington Commanders lost got into their head, and it will affect them moving forward. But if the, if the Eagles come out and rip shit this weekend – and come out and just reestablish themselves, then I think we could literally just look at it as a loss. I think it's going to really depend on how they respond in the very next game. And also, it's really going to depend on how other teams use what the commanders did, you know, in, 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 in upcoming games against the Eagles. Because the commanders definitely, you know, were able to do things to the Eagles that no team up to this point had been able to do. Well, I don't think that anybody is really thinking that the Eagles are going to lose to you know the Colts. I'm sorry, I don't I don't see that happening. Um, like I, like I didn't say the Coach Saturday is kind of reinvigorating that core too. I don't yeah. think while I don't think the Colts are going to beat uh, the what's the, what's the name the Eagles, I yeah. do feel like um, there were some of those games that were a lot closer in the Eagles undefeated streak that are that were closer than Eagles fans would like to admit. Yeah, I understand. I believe you. And and congratulations to Jeff Saturday, even though Pete was a hater and, and, and you know got I mean it him. had nothing to do it had nothing to do with Jeff Saturday. It had to do with the fact that Jonathan Taylor finally came back healthy and Jonathan Taylor was finally running the ball. This is what the Colts wanted by getting Matt Ryan. It wasn't getting Matt Ryan because of Matt Ryan. It was getting Matt Ryan to have a quarterback to stabilize behind Jonathan Taylor because you had a quarterback who could throw the ball. And the statistics show that Matt Ryan has been in the top five of completion percentage this year. But you had a running back in Jonathan Taylor who needed a quarterback who other teams could actually think could throw the ball because he didn't have that. And then what happened? Jonathan Taylor got hurt. And defenses were able to key in on Matt Ryan and key in on that offensive line and really decimate the Colts. Listen, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Matt Ryan's a world beater. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Matt Ryan is a franchise-changing quarterback at this, at this age and at this time in his career. But they brought in Matt Ryan to, to do what he does best, which is be a game manager with Jonathan Taylor backing him up and opening up the passing lanes. When they lost Jonathan Taylor, you saw what happened. If Jonathan Taylor can stay healthy for the rest of the season, I think the Colts can be a lot more competitive than, than their record looks. I don't think there's Agreed. anything to do with Jeff Saturday. Agreed. Uh, Agreed. Super told, I feel like the Eagles' only tough games that they got coming up are the Giants, the Cowboys, and I think they play the Giants twice. Yeah, yeah. They play the Giants twice. They it's going to be that. important for the Giants, I think, to get a split. I think it's going to be important. It's more important for the Giants to get a split than it is for the. They for have the an eighty. They have an eighty percent chance of making a playoff. Who cool. the Giants? Yeah, one hundred percent. 
So yeah, the oh, Giants, yeah. the Cowboys, and no, maybe the Giants the will make the playoffs. But you know, to be honest with you, I Unless think they the split Giants collapse. I think they split Giants, and I think that they lose to the Cowboys. I don't know with the way the Cowboys have been playing, especially with them like kind of putting Micah in a different scenario where he's not pressuring the quarterback per se. I, I don't know because the Cowboys have been. Look, I'm sorry. I, I'm about to start saying this shit. I don't believe in Dak Prescott. I'm sorry. I really feel like he's overrated as fuck. I'm tired of everybody putting him in the top 10 quarterback because I don't feel like he I is. I believe but, in him more than I believe in Ezekiel Elliott. But I'm talking about quarterback. He, like, disappeared. But I've been saying yeah. for two seasons, well, got- Tony Pollard should, should be the starting running back. But nobody wanted to hear it. Everybody wanted to be like, oh, he, he should have never, never been paid. He should have never No, he should have got paid. He should have got paid. But he got hurt. No. He got no. hurt. Nobody don't want to hear it because I was all – I blank out on all things Cowboys. Pete. No, he should not have been paid. He, he got not- over that contract. He didn't deserve it. He deserved the contract. It's just after that, that's when injury started beating his ass. And he's but again, what do, we all, what do we always – What do we say I about running backs? Pete. They're I only, know they're the, only the good until a lot. Front of back. I know. I know. A lot of them are only good up until that first extension. And we always see, especially in the modern NFL, after that first extension, especially guys who play an extended amount of time in college, which Ezekiel Elliott did, which is why he was so well-known coming into the NFL, you know, they don't last that long. Their first three, four years, and that's it. And I knew giving Ezekiel Elliott that extension was going to be a problem. I would have rather paid Dak Prescott than Ezekiel Elliott. And I have more faith in Dak than I do in Zeke. Dak has been just as as injury prone. Not not as injury prone as Zeke, but he's been... He's been on the injury reserve Jack list. He's been as, he's been as um, <laughs> but that's what I'm saying. Like Pete, you can't say he didn't deserve that contract because before he got that contract, he was killing. He was a fucking monster, and we all know it. He deserved that contract. Now, do I feel like they should have prioritized? Do I feel like they should have prioritized it like they did, where that Prescott got, you know, like shafted a little bit, but then he ended up. Yes. Fucking that up Jerry in, in the long run. No, I don't. I felt like it should have been more even. I don't feel like Zeke should have got a crazy contract. I just feel like we know now. We know, like Tavia said, with the father time thing. Like injuries play a part in the father time run too. And Zeke has been getting his ass killed, and he's been getting smoked by Tony Pollard. And I've been saying Tony Pollard needs to be starting. He's more reliable. He's more of a demon, and I feel like they need to they need to start moving on to the newer guard. There should be no reason why Ceedee Lamb is your freaking your your your, your go to, especially if Dak Prescott is your quarterback. I feel like he only he works better with Cooper Rush. That is my opinion, but I feel like Dak Prescott is is overhyped because I feel he was playing like shit before he got hurt. Cooper Rush came in, shut the whole place down. He get one loss, and then they then they switch over to Dak Prescott. He's fucked up. Well, Cooper wasn't Cooper wasn't looking good in his last two games. He won that that second to last game, yes, but he wasn't looking good in that game either. He was starting to get exposed. At the end of the day, you don't have a guy like Dak Prescott and continue to sit him like that uh, unless he's having a bad game. It's kind of like the same argument 
that we have in the NBA right now with Zach Levine. Like, you play a guy like a Dak Prescott unless he's not playing well, right? Like, if he's not playing well, you sit him the fuck down and you bring in somebody else. I can't um, compare Dak but, Prescott to Zach Levine because Zach Levine knows the fundamentals. He's a good mid-range shooter. He's a good right, um, Zach Levine. Like, Zach, I'm sorry if you shoot defense. if you shoot him one for fourteen. If you shoot him one for fourteen, I'm sitting your ass down. I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Okay, but Dak Prescott is not Dak Prescott is not exactly consistent either. Let's be clear on that. But like, but but again, when you look at when you look at the resume of Dak Prescott versus the resume of Cooper Rush, who are you putting out there? You're putting out Dak Prescott. That's what you're doing. Okay, the same reason why at the end of the day, you know, you're always going to see the veteran sometimes get a start over the young kid. It's why it's why the 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 New York Jets, instead of going to Mike White as their starting quarterback at the beginning of the season, went with Joe Flacco because he's the veteran, and they expect for the veteran to have some sort of knowledge of how to manage a game. Even if you're not as good as you used to be, you're still better than an unproven talent like a Mike White. And so that's the same thing with the uh, same thing that the, uh, the, the Cowboys did. They put in Cooper Rush because they had no choice because Prescott was injured. The minute Prescott is back and available, I'm going to put Prescott in over, over Cooper Rush. Especially right. the way he looked exposed in that lat in those last two games, it wasn't like he lost two close games, threw for three hundred yards, had no interceptions and four touchdowns in each of those games, and they lost by a field goal. Because if that happened and Dak was healthy and you still put in Dak, then I would have ripped you to shreds. But he was exposed. I think he threw what six interceptions in his final six or seven interceptions in his final two games. So Aaron Rodgers has thrown six interceptions in one game before. <laughs> Shit happens. And that Prescott ain't no fucking saint. That Prescott fucks up just as much as any other quarterback. I think I'm not like, arguing with thing. you on that. I'm this not arguing thing. with you on like, that. You're right. Overhyped. That Prescott doesn't get the same smoke as like like we act like Cooper Rush, Cooper Rush had one really bad game. That Prescott me, started the season with a bad game. Okay, Let's be but, clear. but Matt. But Matt, this is what the Jet Cowboys do. Tell me, right. tell right. me, name for me, name for me the last really, really good Cowboys quarterback where the hype was matched up by the statistics besides Troy Aikman. I was just about to say Troy Aikman. Besides Aikman. <laughs> besides him, because you could talk all they want about Romo. I like he Romo. Hyped up. I like I like Romo as, as well, but Romo's hype was way better than his production. Romo's hype was way better than his production. Quincy Carter, don't get me started. Well, Quincy Carter was bomb. I don't know nobody, sir. And I'm, I stand okay. on that. Any doubt yeah, this, this, this is what the Cowboys do. They always have these players that are supposed to be great, have these flashes of greatness, but the hype is always bigger and better Look, than the actual production. I'm going to say this right now. Dak Prescott is a season and a half for me comparing him to Carson Wentz. Wentz won a Super Bowl. I don't give a fuck with nobody. Wentz did not win a Super Bowl. I'm just saying. I'm throwing that he out. He got a there. ring. He got a he ring. Got a yeah, he, 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 he's forever in debt to Nick Foles for that. I'm forever. sorry. I don't give a fuck with nobody. I'm forever in debt for that. Forever. Forever. Now, I want you to document this day that I said this. November 19, 2022. We are a season away from me putting freaking Dak Prescott in the same boat as Carson Wentz. But should I? But the thing is, to be fair with you, I think we should. We could be already making those comparisons. 
I'm not gonna hold you. But if you had to choose, if you had to choose KD and Matt, if you had to choose, if you had to choose a quarterback between Dak and Carson Wentz, you're taking Dak every time. Of course, because it's Carson Wentz. I'm not taking either. I'm taking Bane to come and blow up the <laughs> and, and, and and I think you could say that, you know, would you would you take right now, right now, would you take Dak Prescott over Jameis Winston? No. No, matter of fact, yeah. 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 I would. You would take yeah, I if would. him over Dak you take him over Jameis Winston, you take him over Marcus Mariota, I'd even take him over Matt Ryan, I'd take him over, you know, Jacoby Brissett. I wouldn't take him over Matt Ryan. I would take him over Matt Ryan. I wouldn't. There are a lot of teams. Matt there are Ryan a lot of teams in the ball. NFL. Matt There's Ryan a lot of teams ball. in the NFL that, you know, if you took Dak Prescott and replaced their starting quarterback with Dak Prescott, would actually have a would actually be better at the quarterback position. I disagree with you, Tavia. And this is the first time this show. I'm choosing Matt Ryan over Dak, Dak Prescott. Because I don't blame Matt Ryan for what the fuck happened in the Super Bowl. I'm I'm blaming Snyder. I don't fuck nobody. Would you take him over Derek Carr? Who? Who? Prescott? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. He has Dante Adams and he's playing like shit. Yes. 100%. I would take yes. Yes. One, yes. Hell yes. Two times on Sunday. <laughs> so then again, you, we, we could literally say Dak, Dak Prescott is, is, is as mid as mid gets. Because you could probably say that Dak Prescott, you would probably replace half of the starting quarterbacks in the NFL with Dak Prescott, I still would choose Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott. I said what I said. I, I think I think you're just being emotional with that. I'm one. not being emotional. Again, Shaq. I know Shaq remembers everything. November 19, 2022. We are a season and a half away from me putting Dak Prescott in the same boat as Carson Wentz. I like Shaq's most recent question. So, in that 2016 draft class. Would you take Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, and Dak Prescott? I would take Jared I'd Goff. still take Dak. I'd still take Dak. I'd take Jared Goff. No, I'd still take Dak. Goff looked terrible. Dak Prescott don't look that great either. Terrible. So I don't know what Dak looks better than Jared Goff. Who's, look who's, at the tape of Jared, who's more reliable? Jared Goff in St. Louis. How many games did Jared Goff miss compared to Dak Prescott? I don't have the stats in front of me, but I'm sure yeah, Dak missed more Jared games. Goff is more reliable than Dak Prescott is. I'm sure. Okay, but, but 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 while he may have been more reliable, and while we always say the best availability is availability, All right, his so stats were terrible. Game. This okay. was a guy. This was a guy who couldn't break a hundred something yards some games. This is a guy who would go fourteen for thirty for hundred and twelve yards and no Ooh. touchdowns and Ooh, lose. Jared yeah. Goff with who? With St. Louis. Remember, Jared Goff was the starting quarterback for St. Louis for many years before they traded him for Matthew Stafford. Jared Goff was the starting quarterback in St. I Louis, know. and St. Louis was terrible, terrible, terrible. I would, I would take, I would take Dak, uh, I would take Dak, uh, and then between Wentz and Goff, I really would have to, I'd have to flip a coin. I'm choosing golf over fucking Carson Wentz. Hell, I'm I choose to rush over Carson. I choose Baker. Mitt. Nah, I'm wilding. I would never choose Baker. Mitt. I was going. I gotta relax. I got you. I gotta. I gotta relax. Yeah. I got you. All right, guys. So last <laughs> but not least, again, we have to do this expeditiously. Um, I don't want to do this at all, honestly. 
Fucking pick five. Ladies and gentlemen, pick five. One, two, three, four, five. I ain't gonna never put my picture up there. I see this. This was this one. I never made it. I just, you know, I just report the news. All right, Tay, Tay, and I were both. Uh, Tay and I were both tied this week with four and one records. Um, both of our uh, Tay's loss coming with the Rams and my loss coming with the Cowboys. Uh, Matt and Dre both went two and three this week. Um, Losing the Broncos, Bills, and Cowboys games. Matt, 24 and 26 overall. Matt, 20. See, I feel like he's doing this on purpose to fuck with me. That's what we're doing. I, it's all right. You know what? He can stay on mute. That's what we're going to do. This damn peak, this pick five. It's a well, setup. We got to understand it. I got to go soon, y'all. Yeah, she did the want want. So I thought that it overtook what I said. That's the only reason why I repeated it. Um, Dre is 27 and 23. Tay is in second place at 28 and 22. Like Tom Brady, the comeback begins for Tay. Um, and I am in first place at 36 and 14. Let's go to the games for this. Oh, week. Tay, what we got? You're gonna catch up. I guarantee you, I'm gonna have a bad week. I don't know when, but it always happens. It has always happened in the three years that we have done pick five. I have always had a really, really bad week. That knocks me out of either contention or knocks me out of like second place, you know. And I honestly, I'm you listen, are nine games ahead. Are you serious right now? It's like eight three games, weeks of eight, bad I, weeks. No, I am eight games ahead. I am eight games ahead, not nine. And I will say this, and I say this honestly: there is a reason I have not gloated or been super duper happy about the fact that I'm in first place because I know I need this lead because Tango come out of nowhere and we gonna get to the playoffs. And Tango will come and sneak up and find a way to win this. I need a 10-game lead because I need kissing. to be able to avoid Tay coming out of nowhere. It's ass kissing. That's what this is about. I'm sick of this shit. This is for some reason, let me tell you something. For some reason, I get more accurate and accurate as the season goes on. Some bullshit. It's what happens. And listen, I've seen it. I have the data to back it up. Do I need to show you the statistical graphs, Matt? I just want to get past this man. I just want to get graphs. past the stupid ass shit. I'm sick of the pick five. I'm done. For the last two seasons, I've been screwed. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of this whole goddamn thing. Yes, Matt, I got Matt the is first the, season. Matt is the Baker Mayfield. I got. I'm. Whoa! You are not going to compare me to Baker Mayfield. That's what you're not going to do. I'm. She's more like Tom Brady, and I'm Aaron Rodgers. That's how I feel about the situation. I'm being taken advantage of. Wow. That's how I feel. I'm being taken advantage of. Tay, what games do we have on tap this week? Fucking Jack. Starting off with our first game is Jets versus Patriots. Matt? That's going to be my t-shirt. I'm going to get that t-shirt. Matt, who you got? What what was the game again? Jets versus Patriots. Jets? Fuck the Patriots. Who you got? I'm also taking taking the Jets. I like Matt Jones. I just feel like he's in the wrong. I feel like he's in the wrong system. I feel like, I'm Mac Jones, right, I feel like so. Mac Jones would do good on a team like the 49ers. You don't think so? Tay's got New no. England. Matt and I have the home whoa, 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 whoa. I said Jets. Oh, okay. I, I heard you said the Patriots. Patriots. Yeah. No, I said Patriots. Oops, no. Jets. 
Mm. Okay, so 3-0 on the Jets. What's our next game, Tay? Raiders versus Broncos. I got Raiders. <laughs> wow, this is a uh, the matchup of two <laughs> underwhelming teams. You ready to admit it yet? You ready to admit it yet? <laughs> You, be, you ready to admit it yet? Come on. You will be ready to admit that Aaron Rodgers is washed before I will ever. I just said it. I said it in the other in the and other segment. I said Aaron Rodgers has been playing horrible, and you were right. right. You got Tavia. Where's the game at? Is it in Bra- Is it in Denver or is it in Vegas? The fuck I look like? Uh, what's her name? Tony Romo. The fuck? How, how, Yo, how, 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 hold on, let me TV. check. Oh, <laughs> Broncos, they're at the Broncos. Yeah. I'm taking Denver. Yeah, I'm still taking the, yeah, I'm taking the Raiders. I'm taking the Raiders. Oh man, y'all just y'all yeah. y'all gonna no. die on this Russell Wilson play. That's weird, huh? Cowboys Vikings. Oh Vikings all day. Vikings all day. Yeah. I got the Vikings yeah. on that one. It's kind of difficult, though. I ain't going to hold you. It no, it's not. On, it's Kirk it, Cousins. It, it, no, it, that's why it's difficult. Because yeah, we when He's going to turn into a pumpkin again. Week 11. <laughs> we're still safe with Kirk Cousins for now. I guess. We come, I, back and talk, come back and talk to me week 14. Yeah. Um. Shit. Because the Cowboys have been fucking up. I, I, I don't know. Um. I'm going to go with the Vikings. I'm going to go with the Vikings. Yeah, so Chiefs Chargers. God damn it. Chiefs. I'm going with the Chiefs. Um, yeah, I'm going to take KC, and I feel bad doing it because I've always been on that Justin Herbert train, but they need a better coaching staff. I honestly think that coaching staff is not doing him any favors. Yeah. I got Kansas City. And our last game, rounding out to pick five, is the 49ers Cardinals. I'm going with the 49ers. Yeah, me too. <laughs> this is not even close. And the Cardinals shocked the world last week. No, they didn't. They beat the Rams. I, I wasn't shocked. The Rams are trash. <laughs> Nobody was shocked about that shit. They both. Okay, uh, I'll also that. take. I, I, I'll also take the. Uh, I'll also take the 49ers. Though uh, it, it's funny because what was it last week? Tavia got the only one to get that Cowboys Packers game right, taking the Packers in that game. Yeah. I don't know how the Packers won that one. I almost went five, almost went five and zero. Oh. If I didn't change my damn pick. Yes, yes, you would have had a five and zero oh week. Um. So before we wrap up, the last topic is that um. Just a quick, just give me a quick rapid fire answer. If OBJ comes back to the league, what team do you think he's going to? Uh, part of me say Kansas City. I'm not going to hold you. Even though he don't really I, need it, I feel like he wants to go to a team where he feels like he has the best chance of winning. So it'll be either Kansas City or Buffalo. I'm, my, my, I'm, I, I don't know. Part of me say Kansas City, but part of me really say Buffalo, because then he'll be like a number two option in, in Buffalo. But I feel like if he was in Kansas City, he'll be like a number three. 
So I've got. I think um, here's the thing. I think I really do think he uh, that there is a sentimental reason for him to come back to the Giants. I do think he might want to bring it full circle. He's won the he's won the ring already, so it's not like he needs the ring. Uh, he's won the ring. I think closing out the chapter with the Giants is where it's at, and I think that's the best shot for him. But here's my dark horse. Here's my dark horse. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady. He ain't gonna do shit out there, but just get frustrated. I'm so, uh, yeah. So, thank you guys for a good episode. Uh, shout out to uh, Dre. And then, um, as we wrap this up, I hope everyone has a fantastic week. Um, shout out to the all the hundred shows on the network. I don't know all of them, so I'm not gonna butcher them. Um, and just, you know, stay classy. Peace. Peace out. Sound like the dose echoes. Um, commercial. Stay classy, my friends. Dos Equis. Not Dos Echoes. <laughs> Done with you, Matt. Done with you. <laughs>